1: Hey cuties, I'm Miles Sexton, a content creator, activist, and loud and proud disruptor of the norm. On Our Private Bits, we talk about the things and people that don't get talked about enough, or at all. Trust me, as a sober, HIV-positive, non-binary person, I would know. Join me as I chat with people in my life and from around the world whose stories deserve to be heard. Maybe you'll learn something new and you will definitely LOL. Our Private Bits is also part of the ACAST Creator Network. (laughs) All right, cuties. Today on our private bits, we have Luke Zerato, aka Marathon to Sobriety, joining us. Luke is a sober dad, husband, marathoner, and an alcohol-free life coach. Want to say
0: hi, Luke? Hey, Miles. How you doing?
1: I'm doing good. (laughs) I'm so excited that we get to have this conversation. We, you know, I feel like we've been chatting online. We've been like, we we did our little event together, you know, but I'm ready to get to know you even more. I'm I'm so
0: excited to be here. Can't thank you enough for having me. Super pumped. Of course, of
1: course. <laughs> but before we get into, you know, all, all the all the good stuff, I wanted to go over like first impressions of each other. Because okay. I have to admit for myself, <laughs> when 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 you started like, I think you started commenting on my content or you followed yeah. me first, if I'm not mistaken. Of course I followed rough. you first. <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, A, like, okay, who is this like straight man that's like now being so nice to me because I have like PTSD I have yeah. to admit with men Yeah. and I was like okay is this person going to like slide into my DMs and I'm going to get an unsolicited dick pic or is <laughs> like is he just like genuinely like a really beautiful person yeah. <laughs> I was disappointed I didn't get a dick pic but <laughs> oh I got god. to know a beautiful person wow. instead so yeah. well worth it but <laughs> <so> I, <laughs> that was my first but impression no way that's so funny <laughs> I've been dying to share this with you oh my so, god <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's so funny
1: but i'm like curious like how did how, yeah how did you find me how did how did you get connected
0: so i we had a i, I had a friend that's hilarious by the okay. way <laughs> oh my god um so i had a friend chloe who done did some work with you okay. i forget the company that she was with anyway she did some work with you okay love it. and um she's like you should really check out miles oh. and as soon as i did i was like oh my god I need to reach out. Like it was something about like you, I I saw a clip of you running. So I saw you running and I, and I just saw like radiating so much positivity and so much authenticity. It just drew me in. And I was just super like, I want to be your friend. I just really wanted to be your friend. And uh, I remember we exchanged some DMs and uh, I feel like we hit it off really quick. Totally. And, uh, I feel like I still feel like I've known you for a long time. even know, yeah, you know what I mean? We absolutely. haven't like known each other that long. Hey. You're just so easy to talk to. And uh, I really enjoy when we do connect.
1: Agreed. I feel like it's like a common thread of like the people that we're having on the podcast. <laughs> it's just like, you know, people that I, you know, I meet in my life that I just energetically like feel like we connect on a, on a level, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. and I also like, I, I was really excited to, especially like, you know, seeing you on social media, just being like, sober and into running and like I was like I I don't know I I feel like I don't I didn't meet a lot of people that were on that sort of same like had that same interest I guess for me so seeing that but then also you creating content in a way that so funny. Uh, yeah, you either like yeah. make me laugh or you make me cry. It's like one or the other. It's like videos of you and yeah. your daughter that I just fall my eyes out because <laughs> it's just so beautiful. Happy tears. <laughs> or, you know, it's like I I just I love your sense of humor and not taking things like so seriously. Mm-hmm. So like I, I'm curious like it, why is humor important to you? I guess like within the content that you make.
0: I think that like life can be very serious. Mm-hmm. You know, life is very serious. Life is very hard. So why not, you know, Look at the the lighter side of things. Like I feel like when I laugh, yes, it just it just releases so much, and the more we laugh, I feel the the better things are. And sometimes it's harder to laugh because mm-hmm. we have things going on that we can't necessarily control a lot of the time. But I feel like laughter is just such an important part of human connection. Like when you're laughing with somebody, like right now we were laughing together. Yes. Like I just <laughs> felt so, it was so like free and liberating. Totally, like, I, it, it is. Like want to laugh more.
1: Yes, and I feel bad.
0: like content on Instagram. In particular, people are, you know, looking at a lot of different things, but if you can make somebody s- smile or laugh or feel mm-hmm. good or think about something differently, then I think you're onto something. Yeah.
1: 100%. <clears throat> do you think that like your content, because, you know, you you choose to like create such positive content, do you think in a way like that was like helping you heal through kind of a negative situation? Because I know you've shared with me that like, you know, over the pandemic, right, you lost your job, yep. right? Like lost it, my job, kind of nine to five job, yep, you know, exactly. So, like, was was that like intentional of like using hu- humor in a way to like heal for within yourself too, or like,
0: um, I'm I'm sure there's definitely a part of that yeah. for sure, but I feel like I've always kind of been the you know kind of class clown, okay. goof, goofy guy growing okay, up. Like my it. my entire life, yeah. I, I always had that kind of goofy side to me,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I think what really brought that to fruition in like my online presence is that. I really wanted to show to people and not just people, more myself, Yes, that I can be fun, exciting, spontaneous, outgoing without the substance yes. that I needed, that I felt I needed. Because so there was true. a big chunk of my life where I was absolutely that person, mm-hmm. but I was that when I was under substances or mm-hmm. alcohol. So it's, it's, that's kind of maybe the... The, the new and improved version of myself that I've discovered in sobriety is that I can be my authentic self, my goofy self, and I don't need anything else to make me feel a certain way.
1: Absolutely. Because I think it's it's so true, like you said, like a lot of the time that we rely on alcohol or substances in order to like let that part of ourselves out. You know, yeah. I for definitely for myself, like I'm, you know, people are shocked, but I'm like such an introverted person. And yeah. like, so, you know, for me, I relied so heavily on alcohol and like, you know, psychedelic drugs to like help me you know be like more open and more sort of like the to be I guess more funny or like more social in many environments so you know it's so true I think a lot of the time we become reliant on that versus like looking at ourselves and being like oh like how like how can I be that that version of myself without something else that's like an an easy crutch to kind of like lean on so totally
0: I think a big part of that too for me was that I was you know when i was in that mode where i wanted to be you know fun and exciting and all these things or um i would always think about like other people like mm-hmm. a lot of the times i felt like maybe i was overdoing it yeah. for other people or i thought that they expected me to be a certain way cuz totally. i had sort of created that this character when yes. i drank you know yeah. so it's like i felt like i was always doing it for a lot of other people but now i find that like i'm truly doing it for myself and yes. like when you said introvert i relate to that because mm-hmm. i find that i am I've discovered, I yes. should say, about myself, that I'm not just this crazy, outgoing extrovert all the time. I'm very much an introvert, too. Yes. So I balance the two. Yeah. And sometimes you'll see me, I can be very quiet, mm-hmm. and that's OK. And, totally. I, and I embrace that. I don't need to be the one telling a story all the time, or talking all the time. I like to like listen and just observe. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like balancing the two, whereas sure. before, I thought I always needed to be this extrovert, or I need to be so extra all the time. it's it's tiring it's exhausting it is is
1: exhausting I don't know have you ever I don't know if you're into reading books or not but there's a book that's called like quiet and it's like sort of all around how we like especially in today's society we live in a world that's like curated for extroverts and like Mm. it's sort of like being extrovert is like sort of this like societal goal of like if you want to be successful you need to be extroverted Mm. and I think it's honestly it's a really fascinating read like reading it it like not only validated I think Like where I was having like boundary issues, like with like you know making sure I was taking time to like you know recover. I I always call it like you know coins in my pocket, and like as I go throughout the world, I'm giving away coins, and like how many coins am I left with Mm. at the end of the day? And so, but it's like you know I I think I think it really is. I think it's interesting that you know that we as humans, you know, sometimes feel like we need to be extroverted or we need to put put this like sort of persona. Because I know even online, like for both of us, I think we have a very extroverted sort of like, you know, I think in the way that we create content and then yeah. like when people meet me in person and they're like, oh, you're actually like quite shy <laughs> yeah. and like quiet and like, you know, you're not like as, as maybe like as ridiculous maybe. <laughs> but I'm like, no, it's like, you know, I, this is like me pushing myself right, like, to, right. to, to, to do stuff like this. Right, so right. yeah, it's interesting. Highly recommend reading the book. But I, I wanted to ch- ch- check with you. How many years has it been now that you've been sober? So in December of this year
0: coming up yes. it'll be 7 years. 7 years. 7 That's years. So amazing. 7 years, like crazy to to
1: think about. And was that like a okay, I'm like now going to be sober and that was like that was that was 7 years or like what what's that journey been Yeah, like?
0: it was um like yeah, looking I mean, looking back it's like it's been a crazy ride absolutely, but um it's never something I I wanted. Like mm-hmm. really? I never wanted to be sober. Hmm. <clears throat> like I I was uh I, I, I looked at sobriety like, you know, uh, of certainly a weakness. Okay. I, and I just thought like, you know, because of this this character, because of my, you know, a bit of, about my background, right? Mm-hmm. Half Italian, half French Canadian. Okay. It's like I grew up with alcohol. For sure. Like, like I was I was 10 or 11 years old when I had my first glass of wine yes. with my, no, no, Italian grandfather. He totally. used to make it. Yeah. Took a lot of pride in his basement. It was this thing. My mom, French Canadian, loved to socialize, lots of friends. So it's like I grew up in this household. Lots of love. Yes. But like lots of celebrating and lots of drinking and stuff. Right. So it's like the thought of me not drinking anymore was was terrifying. Like it was so scary. Like so I, I scary. didn't want to do it because I was, I thought I could, you know, moderate better mm-hmm. or just like not have, not get so wasted all the time. Yes. Like, like stop after, you know, two or three. Yeah. And I think it was just years and years of like letting myself down. hmm. And uh, like shame, regret, all those things. But I finally came to a point where I was like, okay, this isn't working. Like it's not working. Yes. Like I've been trying to do this in my head. Yeah. Basically since university. Wow. That's a long time. Totally. Because I'd always have these episodes. Yes. And it wasn't like consistent. Like Mm -hmm. my drinking was very inconsistent. Yeah. It could be totally fine for six months. Yeah. Where I would just have drinks with, with the guys or whatever going out and it wouldn't be a thing. But then there would just like these episodes would come up where you know and it's was like, there
1: something that like triggered these episodes or like yeah that's like, the
0: thing it's like I try to analyze all yeah, that it's yeah, like what sure. is it what's making me totally go to that second gear or the next gear Yes. and I just it, I don't know it would it would just come out at the most random times mm. and once that you know that inner beast or that that other thing came outside of me there was no taming like there was yeah. no stopping and it's and it's, it was very exhausting and tiring trying to like put so much energy and thought into my drinking and what 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 was the night going to be like you know yes so much energy and thought and it was it was draining
1: totally I want to go back to something that you said earlier and I think talking about you know your culture and like where what you were sort of grown up in and you know I think especially like in both of your both of your parents sides I think culturally like it's almost like part of the ritual you know within the culture is, is drinking and so I find that, you know, I think it's really interesting, you know, you sort of coming out of the other side, because I think a lot of people struggle with like letting go or like mourning the loss of that part of their culture, you yeah. know, of like not being able to partake. A hundred percent. You know, per se, per se, or per so. And that I don't know how, if you feel. Yeah, you no, agree. I do. I do. A hundred percent. Do you find your family, like, do they, how do they like navigate it now with you?
0: So, well, now, I mean, they've seen the transformation yeah. that I've had. So they're obviously super supportive. But at first, that was the first thought in my mind. Mm -hmm. What will my family say? Totally. That was my first, like, what will my cousins say? That was like number one concern. Yes. You know, not how will this improve my life? How will I be better? How Mm -hmm. will I grow and learn and learn about myself and all these things? It wasn't about that. It was about what will people say? And in particular, my family. Yeah. So that was the scariest part. Totally. It was so scary. And if I look back, it's like, you know, maybe why my family maybe at first didn't necessarily make it didn't make sense to mm-hmm. them is because I was really good at hiding it from them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, family gatherings They'd see me like, you know, and very animated on a mm-hmm. table, making a speech or yeah with no shirt with bow bow tie on, dancing all silly. Yeah. And like they were used to that. But it's like that was the fun look.
1: Totally. You know, that's
0: the fun side. They didn't see the the dark side, mm-hmm. you know, and um and, you know, when I got into drugs, that just took a whole other turn on my thing, yeah. on my on my struggles, and they they weren't exposed to any of that. Totally, they never knew I was on drugs. Never talked about it. Yeah, I never was,
1: and they've probably know, never been exposed th- to th- it, th- so right. they don't know what to look so for. So they yeah, you know? exactly.
0: So so yeah.
1: Wow. So I, something I talk about a lot on the podcast, and I'm curious to like kind of get your feedback because I think it ties in a bit to like the family dynamic. But so. For me, I I always say that there's not a lot of like queer spaces that are sober. And I feel like it's definitely the same for like, you know, the straight community and like that. I think so whether it's like at home or it's like where we go out and where we celebrate, I think oftentimes like the ritual is always based around drinking or substance use. Right. And so it's like I think it's it must be it's really hard. You know, I think like when we're in these environments, because it's like, to then go in and be the sober one, it's like, oh, now you're the boring one. Or there's so much of like that stigma that's like that sort of attached. But like, I guess like, yeah, like how have you, I guess like found it now being sober in sort of like the environments that you're in? Like, have you been able to find spaces to be in? How, have you had to change who you are to be able to like go back into those spaces? Like, how is that, like, how is navigating that
0: been? Yeah, that was, again, probably second concern about getting sober. What would my social life look like? Mm -hmm. Terrified. Terrified. So, you know, I'll say like now I've definitely like I, you know, go into these things, you know, events or gatherings or celebrations. And to be honest, like I still, even like almost seven years, I Mm. still get a bit of anxiety about it. Same. But I'm very (laughs) like very, very intentional Mm -hmm. with my thoughts going into them yeah like I have a plan, yeah, okay. I have a plan, and you know, I'm I find that when I stick to that plan, um it it just sets me up to be better, like to be good and to be comfortable in that situation, okay, and that it that took a lot of practice, totally a lot of lot of practice because especially at first, like I didn't have any sober friends mm-hmm. now I have. a lot online but even in person totally my circle more people less people are drinking so it's it's amazing to see but at first it was really difficult yeah because i was just pretty much what i felt like the only person not drinking so it was really hard to navigate but you know what i'll say is you know again maybe a little bit of advice or what i've gone through would be like one you gotta have a plan yes but then two it's like why did I drink? I, I thought a lot about that. It's like I wanted to feel more confident, right? Mm-hmm. I just wanted to, to to portray more confidence, right? Like at social situations, I want to be fun, yeah. confident, high energy. Mm-hmm. But I find that, you know, when you when you when you focus on the small things, you're able to. I'm able to get in a place where I am happy and confident, and that's like by just by just like connecting with people. Mm-hmm. like not in a big group not yes. in a big setting like being the life of the party or like doing this thing where everyone's watching it's like just connect with one person totally just one person and my favorite thing is ask questions yes because I'd be nervous right like what do I say what do I do that yeah, yeah. with my hands just ask questions mm-hmm. connect with people and people feed off your energy so even if you're not feeling the best just like what would somebody with confidence act how would they act at this party that's mm-hmm. what I think about how would they act yeah. they'd be smiling they'd be making eye contact they'd have gestures with their hands so when I would start doing those things, I found like, hey, jeez, like, you're, you're actually like, you're being kind of fun right now. Yeah. Like, you don't need this thing. Totally. So I, I did that in a lot of practice. A lot of nights, trust me, were either I, I wouldn't go at first. Like, yeah. Frankly, I would just not go. Mm-hmm. Or I would leave super early and not say goodbye. I would just like leave and not just like totally. leave. Just leave. And I did that for a long time because I was protecting my sobriety. It was very important yeah. to me.
1: Uh, you and I think a lot of people forget that they like need to put themselves first on the journey, you know, and it goes back to what you were saying earlier of like, it's you are putting other people before your sobriety and like you need it needs to be the reversal, you know, in those moments
0: 1000%. That's the hardest part. Yeah, it's the hardest part because likely many of us have been putting others before us our entire lives, Totally. our entire lives. Yes. Friendship, in and friendships relationships always put someone else, right? Exactly. Like we would rather give a gift than receive a gift.
1: Absolutely. Totally. I, I
0: know you're like that. I, I'm the like I'd rather give a gift than receive a gift. So totally. Like, when it's for me, it feels uncomfortable. Yes. But it's like, if you really want to like give this a chance, mm-hmm. you owe it to yourself to put yourself first. Because guess what's going to happen? You know, you put yourself first, you're focusing on you, you're learning, you're growing, mm-hmm. but then guess what? Then you can be that person for somebody else. Totally. And that's what, that's inevitably what I want, right? You know, as a husband, I want it to be the the best husband best father and by me focusing on my journey it allowed me to to do that yeah it's crazy right
1: it's so true and i with another guest we had on the podcast jessica baum she's like uh she wrote this book called anxiously attached yeah i saw
0: i saw her you had her
1: and you know and she talks like a lot about like you know when we're children and how we learn from our parents and like a lot of a lot of the time we don't get a lot of like nurturing you know our parents are working maybe you have two parents are working all the time they're not there to like be for you be there for you like all the time that you need so you don't necessarily like build the best like self-regulating mm. um like sort of support system within yourself right so then you know you become a people pleaser you become totally. more anxiously attached to people you know yeah. so you try to like give people You know, everything that you are, so that they won't leave you, or they'll give you like the attention. And it was really interesting that she said that a lot of people that are, that can be on that sort of like people pleasing, anxiously attached spectrum have like you know substance disorders or alcohol disorders and it's like uh use disorders and so it's it's interesting like i, I honestly didn't know that and it, it, like now going back and reflecting on it so much and the more conversations that i have with people and i'm like yeah. no definitely it's like it, it just, but it comes down to that of like just wanting to put everyone else before ourselves you know when we have to like do that the opposite it's very <laughs> difficult it is
0: it's not natural for a lot of us totally it's not natural and, it, and to, it takes time and it healing t- to do it it takes a lot of time and that's that, like, there's a lot of hard parts, but I feel like what we're talking about right now, that that is very difficult. Totally.
1: So how did you navigate sort of the, the toxic masculinity of it all? Because I'm sure you must have faced a lot of probably your friends, maybe even your family members of like, you know, being like, oh, like, man up, you know, yeah. you, you know, because I think there's so much of that, like, toxic culture of like, uh like who yeah. can drink the most oh, you yeah. know in, in like the men's group like i just remember being in high school and it was like all the boys like who can drink yeah. the most beers yeah. and you know like so like how did you deal with that Do, is there yeah. a story no, we, of like the first time that happened after you got sober like i'm, I'm curious about that
0: so i have a lot of guy friends yeah okay i went to all guy high school totally okay? so 90 a lot of my friends are guys yes so, and I play a lot of sports. Totally. So, and I was always pretty good at sports. So, I was always kind of like the jock, the guy's guy type thing. Yeah. So, a lot of my a lot of my time in high school and university and after school when I was drinking, it was very much like, you know, the, a guy's guy. Totally. You know? Like uh, like, I had a big ego and yeah. like a lot of the different things. And especially in these settings, like I took pride in how mm. much I could drink. Totally. Right? I was like, yeah, look Absolutely. how many beers I can drink. Yeah. You know, all these things. But I think it's... um. I just started owning. I just started owning my my path, mm-hmm. you know, and and owning, being proud of myself, yeah, and like being more in touch with my, with myself, you know, and less about, you know, how others viewed me, more mm-hmm. just like, what do I want to do, like, yeah. how do I want to act, totally, but, right, and and it's interesting because I'm very lucky in the sense that I have a lot of really great friends who. Yes stuck by me through all the different stages that's amazing you hear a lot of people when they're making changes they have to lose a lot of friends Mm -hmm. because a lot of their friends were kind of in that same environment or that same thing i didn't really necessarily have that i mean i had to lose some friends of course more of my like you know party friends but a lot my core friends didn't change and i feel like maybe there's a certain part of me where i you know, I am a leader in my, in my, in my group. Mm-hmm. And they've, you know, they said it to me many in different ways, they've, they've kind of seen how I've been and and it's inspired them or made them think twice about different things. And I, I look at it like that too. It's like, it's not, it's not like shameful that I'm not like with the guys and, you know, drinking as much. It's like, I'm, I'm taking my own, I'm, I'm marching to my own beat of the drum and it's, mm-hmm. and it's, I'm doing my own thing and, it, you know, and to hear them and the support that I'm getting these groups, Really good friends, it just makes me feel really good. it makes me realize again that this is it's about me, but it's the right thing for me mm-hmm. so who cares you know who cares
1: that's so true did you have to like i guess like how did you have to ask them for support and like what did that look like
0: so the beginning it uh again it just so concerned other people I was mm-hmm. like ashamed that I mm-hmm. wasn't drinking, so actually not a lot of them knew that I was like on this sober journey okay. like not drinking because i would hide it i would i would, I would mm-hmm. hide and make excuses For sure. I was, I was... when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door
2: Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
0: Really good at making excuses. And I and I remember like one of the the one of the big moments in my early sobriety was um I was on our, on our honeymoon. Mm-hmm. And I'm I've shared this story online. You may have seen it, yes. right? It's mm-hmm. like I was three months sober and we were into Thailand yeah. and we had, you know, spent all, all of our reward points on the first flight, first flight ticket. And we, we spoiled ourselves. It was yeah, our honeymoon. Totally, right? And it was like such an opportunity. I feel for me to just for myself mm-hmm. to show that this is really important to me. Yeah. And that if I, if I said, if I can go through my honeymoon and not drink yes. in Thailand, uh, then that would just be such a big step and during that whole thing nobody knew back home my close friends that mm-hmm. i was wasn't drinking in thailand you know so a lot of pictures i would pose with alcohol really like, that's like how you far I took it. Pick it like up. we were in a pool we had this <laughs> awesome suite that had yeah. a, our own private pool outside the bedroom beautiful yeah and there was like champagne and i took pictures with like the bottle of champagne open yeah because i didn't want people to think that i you know wasn't like that's so funny is that crazy yeah so like that that kind of like Behavior continued for for years mm-hmm. with friends that I didn't I did I was I took pride in like n- not wanting anyone in on my yeah. story. It's like other than like a, a select core group mm-hmm. they knew and they were supportive. Yeah, but like friends of friends or people I don't see as often, I I took a lot of pride in like I, I do not want them to know because I thought it was like they were gonna look at me differently. Totally, and they're gonna look at me like what's wrong with Luke? Yeah, like why is he like that? Mm-hmm. Just too many questions and attention on it. I for I didn't sure. want it.
1: Well, I think you're in, like, such a vulnerable and, like, volatile, like, stage, especially at the beginning of your sobriety and those, like, first, you know, the first few months that it's, like, it's hard because it's, like, you know, you're, I think it's, like, you spend almost, like, every day questioning if this is the right decision. Yes. Right? And you don't want to have anyone who's going to, like, weigh you or, like, sway you over to the, like, going back, you yeah. know? So and I think
0: there was a part of me, too, that I was, I, I wasn't super confident in myself either. Mm-hmm. Because I had just like tried to moderate for so long, I was in therapy, I tried all these different things, and it just it wasn't working, so it's yeah. like if I started announcing my sobriety to people and I felt like you know if I would let them down, let myself down I would just look like an idiot, totally. right like talking, about hey, here's Luke saying one thing doing the other, yeah so I think a big part of that was was that too
1: mm-hmm.
0: um so that that's you know that that's how i that's how I carried myself for you know about five years, Wow. Because I was in the sober closet for yeah. five years. Like, I, I had no pride in my sobriety. Yeah. Like, this, totally. you know, seeing, you know, looking back, I'm like, here I am now, like, on this podcast with you miles, which yeah. is, and just talking a lot about my sobriety. My Instagram account is essentially dedicated to sober sobriety living, sober yeah. living, alcohol free living. Absolutely. And it's crazy because I held so much shame about this topic. Mm-hmm. Part, I don't know, for a lot of different reasons yeah, being, being a it. man, being uh, Italian. Ego, a lot of things, a lot totally. of reasons. Absolutely. And it's like, once I kind of made that shift in my mind, that's like, just be proud of yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, look what you've accomplished. Like, like the transformation I've undergone, like my attitude, my energy, my, my relationships, ex- continue, continue on with examples. But like, once I started like appreciating that, I feel like I truly like transformed and mindset shift into this version of myself. Mm -hmm. and that's why i'm so excited to be on your podcast today it's i'm so so excited to talk about this a lot Mm -hmm. is that my biggest message is you don't need to hit a certain like milestone you don't need to hit days yeah weeks or months you don't need to hit that that's like a true like shift in the way you're thinking and Mm -hmm. appreciation for for what you've been through and when i once i did that it's like so yeah that's five years of sobriety of like not true transformation more like Sober versus uh, recovery, yes. you know, call it right. Totally to like where I am now is like that's that that happened almost two years ago. Yeah, in January or December will be two two years, and I feel like I've grown more in the last two years than I did in those five years mm-hmm. where I, where I just I didn't look at it. I looked at it like weakness and all these different things. So, it's so true.
1: Yeah. I think it's like you know Sarah who was just recently here. We we talk about like kind of we were talking a bit about like mourning Like you need to take the time to like mourn and sit with the shame and sit with the pain in order to get to healing. Mm -hmm. You know? And I think it's like this is like a very natural process that you have to go through. And I think a lot of the time when we're letting shame still like hold power over us, we're not we're we're not actually like moving forward. A lot of the time we're just kind of staying stagnant and we're staying sort of like stuck in in that. And, you know, like it's like the same thing for me with know, not only just my sobriety, but like when I came out publicly about my HIV status, it was like the amount of growth that happened from the moment that I publicly talked about it and like mm. reclaimed my power back yes. and like talked about it in a positive way, Right. you know, versus like allowing it for me being like, oh, sorry. I'd be like, sorry, right. I don't drink. Right. Like that. Right. That's like one of my biggest things now that I'm like, yes. I, why am I apologizing right. to other people for drinking? Like that's
2: bananas yeah. to me.
1: No. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I like say it with confidence now, but it's like, I agree with you, I think it does it does take more time maybe to get there, but yep. you know it's okay if, if it
0: does exactly beautifully, beautifully said I couldn't agree more uh,
1: and i and I think too sorry, one more thing I wanted to say that I forgot to mention earlier too is that like also like it takes time like for me, like I tried to get sober so many times, and like you know and then I would like I would drink, and then you know, I was on this period of my life where I was like I was sober, but then I was doing like. MDMA and, like, all of the time. And I was, like, oh, well, it's not it's not alcohol. So, like, mm. I'm just going to, like, numb with, like, drugs. Right. <laughs> you know? And so it's, like, I think people just, like, need to realize that, like, that it, it's okay that it's a journey and not all of it is going to be, like, cold turkey. Because I think a lot of the time, yeah. like, people see, like, sobriety online, that it's, like, this beautiful thing sort of, like, at the end or, like, you know, where it's, like, it's in the Instagram caption, like, six years sober and yeah. blah, 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 blah. But, like, they don't, I don't think people realize that it, it is a very hard journey to like to get to that point and, that, yeah. and and that's totally normal yeah right absolutely and i think we have to normalize that a little bit more too that's right it's, that's it's not like, so easy
0: there's so much similar there's so there are so many similarities between people's stories and the way they've done things but there's also a ton of differences mm-hmm. like it's very unique everyone's journey is their own yes right you can't compare mine to yours totally so it's, it's different yeah. but there's a lot of similar themes absolutely right but it's unique and, like this whole concept of you know slipping, or yeah. having a drink like you, right you, you feel like shit. But like, the way I look at that, and I talk a lot about with my clients about yeah. this in particular, because it happens. Yeah. that's life. Shit happens. But it's like every of those little things that happen is just forming your story. Mm-hmm. It's just forming your totally. story. and you haven't you haven't written the whole book yet. Yeah, you haven't written the book yet. So this is a chapter. So it's a struggle. But guess what? Likely, you're going to learn from that experience and that's what that's what growth is all about. So this whole like in my opinion, you know, having a drink, resetting at zero mindset, yes. like I failed, I'm restarting, mm-hmm. cuz that could be very daunting, very heavy. It's like I did this, now I'm restarting, I'm a failure. Yeah. But guess what? Whatever days or whatever that was, you don't lose the experiences and the growth that you have there. You have that now plus you're even more in, in tune closer to your truth.
1: 100%. So it's like
0: So many people, you know, focus on the numbers. And all of that.
1: Totally. That's not what this is about. This is about
0: transformation. Yes. How you get to the transformation is up to you. How you do that. But at the end of the day, we just want to be the best version of ourselves. Bottom line. Like, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm not perfect. but I'm trying to be better. Alcohol does not make me better. No. I agree. Bottom line. does not make us. better. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) So now... When
1: were you sober when you had your daughter?
0: I was sober no, no, oh, no, sorry, yes, I was sober when I had my daughter. was that like what did that huge, impact, like, huge motivation, your sobriety, yeah, huge motivation, so I got sober just after we got married, okay yeah, so, so I, was, I was I was yeah. a honeymoon right uh, and I was uh drinking a lot of my wedding and different things like that, so I got sober shortly after our wedding and a big thing that kept me on track when I wasn't feeling good mm-hmm. was the thought of having a child, yeah, and just being that dad, that parent, that father that I just wanted to be because something I didn't touch on when I talked about my family and mm-hmm. how much love they have for me, yes, they they had they gave me my brother incredible opportunities, so much love, amazing parents. But there was struggle with alcohol in the yeah, family, totally. And uh, being the eldest, I wore a lot of that, yeah, right. A lot of my parents' fights where I around my dad's drinking, mm-hmm. like a, pretty much all of them. Yeah, same in my house. And I, I, I saw that in him, and I, I knew right away, I knew his, his look. I knew his eyes, come home from work. And just, I could tell he, he, he was drinking. Mm-hmm. And it just, made, it, just, it just crushed me. It crushed me. Yeah. Because I hated seeing them fight and, I, and all of that. And I cried a lot as a kid about that. Mm-hmm. So I knew it, when it was like I'm ready to be a dad, I'm excited about being a dad. I just didn't want to have any struggle. with that so that was a huge motivation for me it's like this child that's going to come that 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 i imagine myself as a dad that was like my huge like purpose or why that kept me accountable it kept me on track at the beginning and then now you know she just turned four Mm -hmm. you know and our relationship now is is uh we we have so much fun together literally like so much fun together (laughs) and like i can't imagine it being another way because very easily could have been another way. Yeah. Very easily if I didn't change. You know, I think about that sometimes. And totally it's, and it's kinda like
1: how many moments I think that you are probably missing out on when you're not sober, you know, with your child. I think it, it's
0: And I hear a lot of different, you know, stories of people talking about they you know, they, yeah. they, they were a parent for an X amount of time with alcohol in their system. Yeah. And then when they when they switched and they're not, you know, using things. The relationship improved. Their patience. Mm-hmm. There's so many. There's so many things, right? So true. But uh, you know, something I don't. I don't take for granted. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I can't. You You can't get complacent in this no. in this journey, because the moment you get complacent is the moment you know you just you feel like you have it all under control, and then you don't.
1: Oh, totally. I know. I literally like this. Like this winter, I almost relapsed again, and it was like, and I was just like, what? Like, how is this even happening? You know? How
0: did you, you, how did you get yourself out of that?
1: I think I just, like, wasn't in a good place mentally. And, I like, I didn't even realize, like, how much I had a lot of, like, those triggers were, like, coming back up until, like, I was, like, sort of in a moment being, like, oh, wow, I, like, I literally want to go pour myself a drink right now. I was, like, mm. staring at it in my house. So, and, like, you know, but it was, like, you know, like, then I could, like, I'm very good at, like, psychoanalyzing myself of being, like, okay, like, this is where it's coming from. This is the reasons behind why you want to do this. So, like, I feel very lucky that I can, like, have that conversation with myself. But yep. I think for a lot of people, it's, like, really hard because so it's, like, easier to react, I think, right. in those moments to, wow. like, just action exactly what you're feeling. That's but, right. But, but I think it is, like, you can't be complacent, I think, in your sobriety. You constantly need to check in with yourself. I, I am, and then it was a big reason, too, why I started, like, I pushed myself to start running again. Because, like, in the environment that where I live now, like, the roads are super icy. It's how I injured my knee in the first place. Mm. And, like, so I was, like, oh, God, you know, like, I I wasn't as motivated to go running. So I was so afraid of, like, hurting myself again. And, like, I wouldn't be able to run. And I know that's something, you know, like, we share. It's, like, that is a huge release for me for when I do feel triggered or, like, especially within my sobriety of, like, when I feel those kind of that shame coming on or me wanting to drink or, you know, I go for a run and it completely goes away. So yeah. That's awesome. Where did running like land in your sort of timeline of, of healing
0: in, in, uh, my recovery. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't a runner at all as you know. growing up at all. Hated running, but I discovered running about two, two and a half years into my sobriety. Okay. And I just like, I was just at a place where I wanted to try something different. Yeah. You know, I had a really good friend who was into endurance sports and I saw what he was doing Mm -hmm. and he was also sober. And, uh, inspired me absolutely and i just tried to do things like different something different yeah that's what it's all about right self-discovery learning about yourself you're not going to learn about yourself and doing the same things over and over again so totally i, I took a different approach i i tried to run yes. and i you know i didn't like it at first it took a bit of time but then once i i kind of like got in the rhythm a little bit and run a couple times a week i was like this isn't so bad mm-hmm. and then which really changed is when I ran my first race. Okay. Like just putting the bib on, yeah. the energy of the crowds, crossing the finish line. Yeah. It was like, wow. I want to do more of this. <laughs> I want to do more of this because running, I find <clears throat> brings out my like pos- positive side of Luke. Like it brings yes, it out. Totally. And it's like I've always been that runner even when I first started running. Where I see another runner coming towards me, yeah, like unless I'm like super distracted, I'm waving to you yeah. and I'm acknowledging you, I'm just yeah. saying like "nice job, thumbs up," you know, looking good. Like those little moments, like honestly, by me saying something, yeah, it's not necessarily for them, totally. <clears throat> like it, it's for me. Yeah, I say that you're looking good, you're looking great, nice job. It's nice because like when I get a smile back, ninety-nine yeah. percent of the time it makes me feel good. But that whole interaction just elevates me
1: totally, and I feel
0: like as a runner. I am just a more patient version of myself, a better, more positive version of myself. And I'm I'm better than I was without running. Totally. I that with my sobriety. They, they go hand in hand. And it's just like, it allows me to be a better version of myself.
1: And I've never met like more of a like inclusive, supportive, like celebratory community. Like, I don't know. I, I played a lot of like sports as well, like growing up. And I just, the way that runners support each other and celebrate each other, it's like I don't know. It's it's a whole other category, it's, you know. Oh,
0: it's incredible. It's incredible. It is, and the running community is like some of the most positive, mm-hmm. you know, fun, totally group, uh, group of people that I know. Pair that with my, my sober community, because I feel there's a lot of overlap.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: And it's the same thing. It's a really interesting kind of vibe. It's very positive, no judgment, right? Um, type vibe, and it's it, these are the people that I want to be around with. Like I meet somebody who's not drinking, instantly connect and bond. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't, I'm not looking at your past, any shame. Totally. I'm not judging you. You're not judging me. Yes. You know, and, and we're just, we're just, you know, trying to be the best version of ourselves. And like, it's instant connection. Totally. I've yet to meet somebody on this journey that I haven't <laughs> gone along with. And especially in the running community. Totally. Like I have yet to meet somebody. Yeah. I just don't, I, I don't get it. I don't see it.
1: I feel like we're—I don't know—everyone who runs. I feel like we're all working through (laughs) something, you know. Like there's just some there's like this connection of like release that comes. I don't know within running. I don't know of like
0: overcoming. Yeah, overcoming and uh, dealing with the cards you're dealt with. Yes, life is life. Totally control it. So like you have these little outlets You come yeah. back. Like I'm ne- sure you have can relate. You never come back from a run and say, I wish I didn't go for that no, run today. 100%. Like it, it doesn't happen. Like no, a lot of times you don't want to go for a run. For sure. A lot of times I run, I don't want to go for a run. Yeah. It's like I say to myself, put your shoes on, get out the front door and just take it from there. Exactly. Once I have my shoes on, okay, I'm going to jog. Yeah. And then I'm. it's not going to be so bad. Totally. So <laughs> true.
1: So true. Do you find, have you ever like. I know you've you've said you've run a few races. How many marathons have you run now? So
0: I've done four. Four. Well,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. Bananas. <laughs> <laughs> but like, was there a particular like marathon that you ran or like a race that you ran that like you came out of it? Like you felt like something inside of you like shifted or growed or changed?
0: Have you had a moment like that? Honestly, I feel like every single time yeah, I run a okay. race, I'm like learning it. something about myself. Yeah. Through the adversity, through the celebrations, mm-hmm. through the disappointment, because not everything goes to plan. That's totally. the thing. You could be in the, you could have had the best training block ever. Come race day, something something happens. Weather, uh, you know, you're sick. I don't know something. Yeah. There's always something that you're going to deal with, but that's the beauty in the sport. It's like you keep going one more mile, one more mm-hmm. kilometer, right? What like in my recovery one day at a time. Yes. It's like breaking it down into smaller pieces is just makes it so much easier for the brain to adjust. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let me like every race that I do, I just feel like I'm just so excited. Mm-hmm. I'm just so excited to, to run. And we we're we we're chatting earlier, like my daughter, my wife have yes. been at every single one of my runs. Yeah. Small local 5Ks to Boston marathon totally. Chicago next week they come and it's like the the family bonding that we mm-hmm. have around is like how lucky am I they have such an interest in my running and it's like the example that I think about with my daughter and and how she looks at me and daddy's running and you know, all these different things she's she's run four races yeah you know, kids races so but she's has four medals she's yeah. got uh, she wore a bib and she loves the environment and it's so funny so she got these like ra- Lisa bought her these racing glasses yeah. like you know like those yeah. like Oakley big glasses totally. so she put on those glasses just the other day at the house and she was imitating me and like running <laughs> and like waving she, she associates me with like being this kind of goofy <laughs> style <laughs> runner and like waving to people like that's that was her instant reaction to wave I love it and it's it. like like how, how cute is that it is. how cute is that I love it. it's
1: this like, is what I, you're passing down you
0: know <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, so, it's adorable so you know, we have a lot of fun and it's like my family support and all this it just it's just the best feeling mm-hmm. honestly it's the best feeling
1: do you think that people who are trying to get sober need to find something like this like they they need this sort of like replacement i think like for like substance use or alcohol use
0: 100% yeah 100% it doesn't have to be running totally. i mean it like i've yet to meet somebody who's kind of picked up running and hated it like yes. like, like like taking it slow and yeah. like not just trying to do a 10k out of totally. nowhere yeah, yeah you're gonna hate running destroying it's, yourself. yeah exactly you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna crush yourself but if you're if you're gradually growing at, the, at something running has been like huge for me in my my recovery but it's like yeah you're right you need to find something else it's about routine mm-hmm. for me it was about purpose it's like i found purpose in running yes if i found purpose it's totally. like it gave me an, a reason why i can't stay late with the boys yes. to have drinks because yes. I have a long run in the morning. Yeah, I'm a exactly. runner. And, I, exactly. and I've i had this like identity shift from being this like life of the party guy, spontaneous, loud, outspoken, like party guy, yeah. party boy. to now this like sober dad, mm-hmm. sober, sober husband, totally. sober marathoner. Like yeah. That's my identity. Totally. And when you have pride in that, like I, I'm proud of those yeah, things. Absolutely. I will do anything in my power to protect it. Totally. Oh, it's so inspiring to hear. So, well, Luke, where
1: can people like access your, you know, your coaching? Where can people find you on social media? Yeah. Let's let the
0: the listeners know all about that. So my handle is Marathon to Sobriety, yeah. and at least I came up with it. Yeah, because it's like sobriety is a marathon.
1: Totally, it is. Sobriety's a marathon. Absolutely.
0: So the longest marathon. Yeah, sobriety. The number two, uh, uh, sobri- marathon to sobriety. Yeah. Um. So it's uh. You also do alcohol free life coaching. So yes. helping people just find that voice within themselves mm-hmm. that they struggle with and it's interesting the people that i'm meeting are just incredible people uh, like all over all over the world i love it entrepreneurs ceos family family people you know just so much going in their life but this one thing called alcohol that's kind of holding them back from yeah. their true full potential
1: absolutely
0: so i love working with these people i feel like i'm learning and growing so much it's been such a fun journey for me to like take on this, like, leadership position mm. a little bit and, like, preparing. And, like, I have Dry or uh, Sober October coming yes. out, another group. Love it. So I'm always, like, I'm preparing a deck. I'm getting my talk track ready. It's, like, I'm getting sharper by doing this. Absolutely. I never would have discovered any of this if I had continued on, you know, the way Luke was mm-hmm. before. You know, so... So that's how you can find me, and I'd love you know if you're if you're a runner or you want to get into running, you, you're interested in that. I also do running coaching too. Yes. Like I want, and it's not just to qualify for races; it's more just incorporating it into your lifestyle. I'm all about all all about that.
1: I love it, and you also periodically host really great like sober <laughs> yeah. events too with my friend Miles.
0: <laughs> I might have attended one. Yeah, yeah. you but, hosted it with yeah. me. Never mind. It was. Uh, we need to bring that back. Yes, we need to absolutely it. bring that back, and like. That's that you mentioned. One, of the, you know, uh, creating spaces mm-hmm. for people to 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 feel, you know, comfortable in, totally. and, and proud to be a part of. Yes, that's what it's all about. Community is is huge, right? One hundred percent.
1: Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me and getting to get to know each other. I guess a bit, a bit more. You're a gem of a human, ah. and I can't wait for everyone to listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so
0: much for having me, and uh, you, everything you're doing is just so inspiring. The way you do it. Like you bring out the best in people. Every time I feel like I, I'm connecting with you, doesn't no matter what my day looks like, I'm just in a better mood, uh-huh. watching you or talking to you. So, thanks for all that you've done for me and lots of other people. Keep keep doing your thing, Honestly, Miles. Keep I, I'm doing here. your thing.
1: You're stuck with me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and maybe I'll send you that dick pic once in a while. <laughs> yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> Tyler, I don't listen to this one.
0: I'm just kidding. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right.